0: Hello, folks, and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Oberly from vikingsterritory.com and purpleptsd.com. And uh, I'm joined with Mark Craig, my co-host from the Star Tribune and startribune.com. Mark, uh, we're in the dog days, dog days of summer. where uh, We're scraping the bottom of the barrel for topics, but we can always come up for something to talk about Vikings and the NFL, can't we? It's my favorite time of the year, Joe. How so? In fact, because it's dog days. We
1: even the NFL is like taking a breath. Uh, maybe my favorite offseason in the past. Uh, you know, because I go back to the, I go back way back to the last millennia millennium uh, to where you know you wrapped up the season, you put it away, and then you people went off their lives, and then we unpacked it back when we were supposed to unpack it. Um, but 2011 so you- when they when they had the lockout when they had the, the lockout or whatever it was. It was kind of a normal offseason. People kind of went on with their lives. But uh, yeah, let's, let's, uh, we'll find some things here, though. There's always something to talk about when it comes to the Vikings.
0: What do you think you are? A, a school teacher or something? That you get the summer, summer. job?
1: I'm just trying to say, come on, people. You can, you know, you can go for a walk. You can, uh, you know, do something. That's uh, The NFL is not doesn't have to hold your hand all the time.
0: Yes, with those handheld computers, even when we're on our walk, we can still Google the yeah. uh, perspective numbers for, for certain players and who's going to be on our fantasy team. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I just want to fire some random questions at you. Just to came up with uh, off the side and just see what you think about it. And uh, first one I got is who's the biggest name on this Vikings roster. They've got a, a training camp roster assembled. Who's, who's the biggest name that's not going to make the team this season. I mean, not the team and not the, not
1: the uh, practice squad who's
0: that guy kirk cousins That's the biggest name that would be the biggest
1: oh uh yeah i thought about this and there's not a lot of people that you know because there, there are surprises every year you kind of look around you're like oh who's going to be that guy this year that you know nothing you know there's not a lot that jumps out to me but one that does jump out to me and uh I, i'm not sure um i have not looked recently whether jc treader's out there you know this the the center uh, is out there or, you know, some t- something tells me that Garrett Bradbury, if I had to, if I had to, you know, I'm playing your game here, I'm playing this for this segment, it would be Garrett Bradbury, you know, yeah. because, you know, they've said, well, you know, we're, we're, you know, they've said all the right things about how in this system, you know, we're, you know, he's good for our system, which I don't think is, I just don't believe it. You know, I think it's up to Bradbury to what is Bradbury going take, going to be able to, to hold the middle. And if he doesn't, um, you know, when they get into like hitting and, and, you know, the limited amount of hitting that they do. And if they're convinced that he's not there, then maybe, you know, it would not shock. Nothing would shock me actually in the NFL, nothing would shock, but like, you know, you get down and all of a sudden you see like a a new center come in or, or Austin Schlottman ends up stepping up and being the center. Uh, That would not surprise me. That would be the one guy. If I had to pick on the entire roster, what would what would be the quote surprise move? I'd say you know that Garrett Bradbury out, but
0: you know that's that's just a, real, a guess. That's a bold pick, Mark. You know, I and I and I have to be honest. I when I was kind of noodling it myself a little bit, I should have looked at. Uh, it would be good to look at now that pick of yours at his contract and see where that figures in because I always you know we used to talk with Joe Johnson who's the founder of uh, Purple PTSD in Vikings territory now owner was the owner uh, he would always talk about that kind of stuff you know and i would say hey you got to factor in the contract the fact the contract is so huge in this league i mean we, you know you think someone might get booted on on their play alone and and if you don't look at it in terms of the contract figured in you're missing something because you know this is a business. And they got to make decisions. They got to fit under the salary cap. So I would think, I, I don't know, just guessing off the top of my head, maybe Bradbury's protected by that, by his contractors. I don't even know what his status is, but, uh, know, that's, that's worth bringing into it.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a cap guy. Um, we have yeah. a cap guy at the Star Tribune, Ben Gessling, who does a wonderful job, kind of crunching the numbers. I'm still the old guy that tells, tries to tell stories and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's a factor. And, you know, what would be what would be a make it a surprise move is they've had the whole offseason to kind of do this. Um, but you know, there are there are free agents out there that are still available that are go- gonna be playing on teams. And I think that people are waiting and seeing where they're at. And it, it's such a hard way to to evaluate your roster in the offseason when you can't really do anything and you're especially now you got a new regime coming in. Um you know, that would if you know if I'm forced to make a call on that, that would be the one guy I would look at. No I, you know like I thought maybe the punter, the punter doesn't make it but you know punters they come and go you know yeah. that that's not like a bold move and uh and, and and picking like whether uh a backup won't make it just isn't isn't fun to talk about, Joe, so I watch yeah. I, I had to shoot for a starter.
0: You did, and I, uh, I I, I, went the boring route. I had Wyatt Davis. So along the line, would play right next to him, but uh, that's not going to be a surprise. He might he might not make this thing. Well,
1: in fact, I'll, I'll flip it on you, and I'll say, he, it, to me, it'll be a surprise if he makes the team. Yeah. Because they have no attachment to him. He's no longer – there's no longer a general manager sitting there going, you know, hey, we got – you know, sort of pressuring the coaching staff to – although it wasn't pressure, I mean, like, was it – you know, wasn't here you know, just walked in the door, but, uh, you know, they've moved on from that, whoever, you know, all the, that, that process of picking players, he would actually you know, with what they did at right guard, what they brought in, it would surprise me if he made the team.
0: That That's amazing to think about too, isn't it? Mark. I mean, he's from Ohio state and your old stomping grounds and didn't he, you know, he, he got injured in the final game of the year, his senior year, but he, uh, he won the trophy that year for the best lineman in the country, didn't he? Uh, whatever. Yeah, he's he's an yeah he's an
1: outstanding player. He was he was picked, but I'll, I guess what I'm saying is that um, you know regimes come and go, and you know the Vikings had their had their opportunity for longer than the typical uh, outside of Pittsburgh. You know, outside is uh, in uh, of course New England um, and Seattle. You know, th- their window of opportunity was pretty big for a team that didn't win anything. Uh, it was huge for for a team that didn't win anything. Well, they've moved on, so now it's it's cleaning house, and I think that what they brought in tells you that where what they thought of uh, Wyatt, and that uh, yeah, you know, I think the, the think the train's moving on. Now I, that's not to say Wyatt doesn't end up somewhere, as a, you know, as as has a, a good player. I don't think his career is going to be done, uh, but I just all the tea leaves of, based on what they've done. It's a new regime. It's a new start.
0: I'd be surprised if he's here. That's that's how it works in Minnesota. You you get you come here for a couple of years, you're probably under under impress and underwhelm, and, and they get rid of you, and then you go become a uh poppy out in Boston for the Boston Red Sox and go to the Hall of Fame or what have you. That's that's how it works around here. So this would just be one more boot in the tailbone of Rick Spielman as he leaves wow. if, if if he doesn't make it. So if he goes somewhere
1: else I wouldn't have to represent him for the Hall of Fame because he'd be like just be speaking about his rookie year. So yeah, when he's even he's going in the Hall of Fame maybe you could uh, you could speak up for.
0: I'll be right there for that. <clears throat> well, you know, I had the other question, other side of the coin too is uh wanted to ask you who will be the biggest surprise that does make it in minor kind of related uh, and I'll, I'll go first since minor my picks are much more weenie than yours. Not as bold. Not as the, the the Clevelander coming out with the the fastball and the bullpen that the Twins can't handle. Or no, wait, wait, that's a different sport. Um, I just think I, I think it's going to be in the wide receiver uh, field because it's pretty deep and relatively. Jefferson? Strong. No, I, I I'm not that bold, you know, and I'm not that dumb. Uh, I think BC Johnson's going to make it and. Marcette, uh Smith is not going
1: to make it this year. Wow. Talk about it. Yeah. would you call it? A weenie pick?
0: Yeah, kind of just to, just to throw well, that. It well, you
1: nailed it. You nailed it. That is a weenie pick. I mean, come on, Joe, be bold. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I mean, BC, not BC said BC making. I thought you were going to say BC not making it, but that no. was our other one. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I would think BC makes it. I, I would certainly think. I would certainly think BC makes it over Smith Marset again. Smith Marset is a guy that hasn't shown anything in two years. Enough yeah. in two years. Uh, new regime. I don't. And then, and they brought people in. You know, they brought the the Wilson guy in. They.
0: I think Smith Marset is just. This is his second year coming up here. I yep. think. Uh
1: What whatever it is, he hasn't shown enough. Um, he's. Uh, uh, I. I I would see, I could, he's a guy I think that they move on from as well. Uh, so, but my pick would be the guy I wrote about, and I don't even know if this is a surprise because uh, off, off, well, it's Zach McLeod, it's the outside linebacker. I think mm-hmm. that he's going to be a guy that, that makes the team and, and maybe gets, you know, you're, he's going to surprise some people, I believe, um, just because of the new, what the system that they're in. I think he fits that system. He clearly is, highly favored by them because he's an undrafted free agent that they went out and gave more guaranteed money to uh, than anybody that any other Vikings ever got $250,000. And you could say, well, it's, you know, that's, you know, $250,000 is like a quarter for, for you to, to, the Wilfs, it's like a quarter to us or well, Joe, it's probably like uh, 24 cents. To us. Um, but you know, they gave him more guaranteed money than they gave their fifth rounders are there six rounders and their seventh round, you know, and maybe the fifth round. Uh, but, you know, doing that story on him, it was kind of this new era of, you know, teams are looking at, yeah, the draft, but then they're finding out that they can, they can give guaranteed money and go out and have like, almost like a, it's not a draft. It's a, it's a really, uh, it's better than the draft, probably better than the seventh round, maybe, because mm-hmm. you're going out and you're getting guys and there are, you know, you're already making contact with guys. You know, that not that they have any power over it, but they'd rather be taken like Zach McLeod. This is a, is this a better situation for, situation for Zach McLeod than some throwaway pick in Atlanta or wherever that might have taken him in the seventh round. So I think this guy ends up being uh, a valuable backup, maybe he has a couple sacks as a rookie.
0: Do you think he makes the opening day roster? Or are you talking practice squad? No, I, I think he makes the opening day roster. Wow. Who, who doesn't then in that linebacker room? Who? who well, I mean, there's there,
1: there's a but you know you, you got to show me the, all the linebackers. Uh, they got Troy, but, you Dye, know, they,
0: probably an odd man out, and Chaz. Well,
1: there's there, yeah, there's an outside. There, you know, they got the outside backers that uh, you know, you know, they'll they'll. I believe that this is a guy that they really like, and they'll he'll he'll fit into those. Now you're t- traditionally it was like five or six linebackers. Well, now yeah. you're going to have. You know, you're going to have more linebackers staying uh, edge rusher. He's an edge rusher. So um, he, he makes it in there somewhere. Okay. I think he's going to have, I think, you know, I, I, famous last word, but I think he's going to be one of those we used to call him Mr. Mankato, you know, like mm-hmm. who's the Mr. Mankato. Um, and then people started like picking like third rounders. Oh, this is Mr. Mankato. It's like, no, no. It can't be a guy that's supposed to make the team. It's got to be an Adam, you know, true Adam Thielen type that makes the team.
0: Well, what what do you say then? Uh, you know that that's all fine and good, but he, he said he he's gave him the most. They gave him the most uh, guaranteed money ever. So that's kind of a hit right there. They're pretty interested in him.
1: Well, but they didn't give him twenty million dollars. They gave him two hundred and fifty thousand. I'm saying that they enough. It's enough to like put him in the the realm of that day three. You know, because ultimately, guys, teams want to keep their draft picks because they want to. You know, there's a reason they drafted them. They it they kind of like, they that's where their their badge is. Is they you know, we we drafted this many guys. They have made our team. This puts that guy up into that day three. You know, foothold. I think.
0: Why didn't and, they uh, draft uh, him, Mark? Why didn't they draft him then? If, if if you know, if if they're that high on him and they're going to give him that kind of money after the fact, you know, why do they gamble that he's still going to be there then? And you know, and I mean, is there somebody well, else to do more?
1: You know you know, we sat here and talked about how many holes they had, right? I mean, Mm. and, uh, how much you know, uh, you're not saying that the guys that they picked ahead of them, they don't like better, but whenever it got competitive, you know, the draft is just, you know, I'll take this guy, and then you go, I'll take that guy, I'll take this guy. When it got down into the competitive part where, hey, you know, these guys are available to anybody, um, this guy had, you know, uh, I forget what it was, I wrote about it, but, you know, he had, like, other opportunities that he could have gone to, for you know, but the Vikings, you know, the Vikings are kind of was the best fit for him. But it was also the Vikings stepped up and gave this extra money, which um, says a lot about the Vikings. You know, the Vikings, uh, you know, the the Wilfs, Say what you want about the Wills; they haven't won a Super Bowl, but the Wills have given the Wills have given their people every tools imaginable to to win and and. and they, you know, look at like Brett Favre. Brett Favre plays one year, he leaves, doesn't look good for the franchise. You know, Brett Favre basically holds them hostage; doesn't want to come in. They go down and they open the bank and they give him more money. And you know, it's been like that throughout their time. They've just never, you know, that's they've never made the, enough right decisions to put that all together. But it's not for a lack of of ownership. Uh, I guarantee that because they are. And this is, this, this is the next wave of, like, paying guys to come in um, in addition to the draft. And so the reason they didn't draft him, uh, you know, is, you know, the, we talked about how many holes they had to fill. I know they picked the, the tight end in the seventh round. A tight end is not a deep position right now, right. not deep deep by any mean. Um, they picked, uh, I, I don't know, I forget their sixth round. I don't have it in front of me. But, you know, there's, there, there were holes that they had to fill, or they were trying to fill. Not only from offense defense, but special teams as well. You know, this is also a guy that certainly will play special teams. I mean, an outside linebacker is undrafted will be a special teams guy.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true, and uh, um, it's it's going to be hard to say. I I got a couple more uh, questions that I want to ask you, but now we got this, and we got this in in bits and bytes here, so we can come back and prove how wrong you are and how. Weenie, I am so we we can prove that later in the season, you know. Those are
1: weenie picks, yeah. So, if you're, yeah, it's kind of like when you picked the postseason, oh, you picked all the favorites, and then I went Mm -hmm. out on a limb to kind of like keep people awake. Who won? And you won,
0: like, I won that Mankato beer,
1: didn't I? I Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, so uh, uh, Mankato State plays the the Rams next Sunday. Who are you gonna take, Joe? Who are you gonna take?
0: I'm gonna take a break, is what I'm gonna take. We'll right. be right back with more from Mark Craig and and uh Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown podca- Podcast with Mark Craig. Uh with Mark Craig, if he's from uh out in Boston, but he's not, he's from Cleveland. That's a my sp-
1: my sports center used to call him. Mark. Mark. mm Mark. <laughs> Mark. Mark.
0: Come here, I got an assignment for you. Glad to have it, uh, Mark. Uh, um, it, it's a little tougher to make calls like wh- who's going to make it, who's not going to make it with this new regime because it's the first time we've seen them. Right? I mean, if with Zimmer and Spielman in there, you'd kind of know what they, they've got a track record. They've also got people who we now know that they were fighting to hang on to that they're not married to, like Wyatt Davis anymore. So it, that that helps in a little bit. They're not. I mean, it's more wide open. Would you say it's a little bit tougher to? see what you know what what this roster might look like until these guys have uh put something on paper
1: yeah i mean i think that they've by all the moves that they made in the offseason, you can kind of look at what their plans are you know barring oh this is our first injury reference uh, 1820 uh barring injury um you know i think they they, they know what pretty much what they're looking at uh they, the, the linebackers are i mean defensively linebackers are set um, you know, uh, your safeties are set. Your, uh, I mean, I don't, there's not going to be any competition for scene to come in and find them. If they're going to present a competition, they're going to, they're going to talk about a competition between find them and scene, but that's all baloney scene is your safety. Harrison, your safety, uh, your corners, they are probably going to, I, you know, the, the other, I think Peterson, people are saying Peterson might not start. That's, I don't believe that for a second. So it's Peterson. And then you, and then you're looking at the, uh, I think the second round pick starts over Dantzler. Um, but, but you know there just there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of like, oh my gosh, the, the roster's wide open, there's gonna be all these competitions, I don't believe. So uh, I think we kind of see what what they are, but you know there could be some you know some tweaks and, and depth obviously is gonna be a concern and who do you keep behind these guys um, as you're praying to God that they're, they that the front line guys stay healthy? Cause it's not a deep team. It's not a deep, deep it's not a yeah. deep uh, team. So, but yeah, there's, you know, it's going to be fun this season to watch uh, we, the draft was even though we didn't, I didn't agree with like what they got from Detroit and think that this is, uh, could, is a recipe potentially for disaster. It's fun to see a new group of people putting their footprints in the snow and we get to follow how they do. And if they do well, then that, that's great. I mean, that's a, if they don't, then, you know, of over time it'll be right back to square one. Like it always is.
0: Interesting to hear you say that with uh, a scene and booth is the cornerback you're referring to as two rookies starting in that secondary alongside two di- died in the world, old tooth, uh, whatever, cliche yeah. you, want. you know, it probably is a good mix in that regard maybe, but, uh, I guess my question is, with all the changes on the defense, which were massive from and needed to be because the defense was not very good last year, uh, where do you see it ending up? Do you see that thing get you know leaking into the top 10 of some of the better defense in the league or the middle <laughs> of the road? Uh, I don't think it could be much worse than last year. How, how do you see this defense playing out this year? Because I think it's huge, obviously, to uh, how their prospects do this year.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we're looking at it on paper right now. You know, we they've put names in positions, you know, they've put, but how does it all come together? How does it, uh, you got a first year, you know, it's a, it's a change in system. So the, the Harrisons and the, uh, you know, the leftovers, Peterson, Kendricks, I mean, not, not saying they can't adjust, but there's, there's, it's got, there's gotta be some sort of adjustment period. Um, and you know, you're, you're bringing in newer guys. So it's a, you know, say you have a rookie safety, you know, even as good as he, he could potentially be, there's a learning curve in the NFL. Uh, the corner certainly uh, could be really good. Could be the best, could be the top two corner on the team, but there's a, there's a learning curve. There's a playing curve. that's that's there um, is the defensive line. Do they have enough there? I, we don't know. Um, so, yeah, it, Kind of in, on paper, if you just kind of like we're playing a board game, it'd be like, okay, yeah, how do they stack up against this, this, and everything else? It, it looks good. It, it's, um, but you know, if I think they stay if they, if they, if they, that's two. Um, and I was avoiding it. I was avoiding. It. I'm trying to. I'm trying to pace out my. I was like We should have like three. Like you do timeouts. We have to use it. Um, okay,
0: that was my, um You got two. So,
1: more. Okay, so uh you know the defense last year was 30th in uh yards, 24th in points. Year before they were 27th in, in yards, 29th in points. Um, you know, we, we talk about middle of the road as like a bad thing. Middle of the middle of the road looks pretty good right now uh for the Vikings. Uh if the offense can get back to where they were, you know, say in 2020, that was a you know, that offense was showing something. Again, it wasn't the numbers were better than I think the overall play because there were a lot of times where the offense disappeared at the end, and and even last year where disappears at the end, and the defense gets blamed because they're back on the field. And it's one of those where you just got to watch the game. You got you can't watch YouTube and you can't watch just stats. You got to watch how the game is unfolding to and uh, and just not say well Kirk Cousins threw thirty three touchdowns and seven interceptions and did blah 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 blah. You know, how does it fit? You know, there are a lot of games where there was, the offense disappeared at the end, but I'm talking about the defense and middle of the road. If the offense plays up to its potential, uh, middle of the road would, would take this team probably to the certainly to fighting for that seventh playoff spot, maybe the sixth spot if the defense can hold its own.
0: Okay, I don't have a uh, segue from the last stuff, Mark. I mean, my God, you talked forever and ever and I fell asleep and my mic my mic went off, so I, I, I don't have a segue, so I'm just going to get out of there. And... I
1: thought it was like a I thought it was a Verizon commercial or whatever. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? And you were going, pointing at your ears.
0: and Yeah, should have been know. a Mancato Brewery commercial. Anyway, the Vikings are going to London this year, and I wanted to ask a couple questions about that. I I went to London a few years back, but I didn't go when the Vikings were there. Um, I wish it would have been fun, but I know you've been over there a few times. And I, I just want to say, uh, uh, you got some you got some good stories from back then. You have some fun at, on on going on the Vikings trips for uh, with Star Tribune and, and all those other homies from the from the huh. right. Yeah, there was
1: um, there was one morning where we're you know because like when you're when you go there you're you spend most of your time on, uh, on buses or coaches as they call them. And so you're kind of getting up early and you're on a bus and you're, you know, go out to some castle where they practice and kind of weird. Like the last time we went and, um, there was a field that had to be like 50 yards. Um, and they were practicing on it and there's barbed wired fence about in the back. And there's a, this castle that we're kind of watching it from. And, um, you know, there's cows grazing right behind, you know, you got all these bazillion dollar players, you know, practicing on some, literally some, some cow field that they've obviously smoothed out for them. But, um, you know, it's just kind of weird to be watching it, like, like a a walkthrough. And then um, the next day, I don't know if it was planned or not, but they ended up at the, one of the rugby uh, clubs where that's I mean that that was pristine you know fields and stuff so mm-hmm. they practice in that and um, you know like they're all the rugby people and of course London I mean they've been doing this for so long that yeah. the, they're probably numb to the NFL but they still seem to get a lot of people into these games but um, I don't I got the impression that they don't give a damn about the NFL I mean I didn't hear anybody like talking about it or like in the pubs we were in they're one thing about the, the UK, and you, you could probably back this up, is you go in and you're like, there's nothing to watch. There's like, like college – like Saturday we were trying to find college football, and I think we got one TV that wasn't either golf or rugby or soccer. Or, and it's uh, – it that it, so it's I don't think that the NFL is, are, is overtaking London. Like you see whenever they come on the air and stuff. It's – I don't – honestly don't think – the average person out there really cares about it's the, just uh, a
0: novelty right. for them. It's kind of like, we treat well, it's, either, it's, this country. <laughs> it's either a novelty or it's
1: Americans that are there for whatever reason. I mean, they, they get into these stadiums. I, it'd be, it'd be fascinating to read a story that maybe delves more into like the ticket sales and uh, how many are like, like it, this, just, this just feels like to me, an NFL production. Like we are, we are global. We're in, we're in the UK, you know, uh, the NFL has planted its flag and all, all that stuff. I, I don't I don't buy it. I don't think that the general general public cares enough about it. Um, didn't get that impression. But but fun stories
0: like well, we're coming yeah, out. Be a money maker for them. The fact that they just keep going back though.
1: Well, I think they'd love to have a team there. They would love to have a nine. They would like well, they're almost coming to that. That by the number of games they play over there, they the NFL wants to be able to play at nine o'clock in the morning. They want to be able to play at noon. Three, six, nine. I mean, that's 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 that would be their their uh, fantasy, I would think. And I remember we were out there the first time in 2013 with Leslie. with a totally different experience. Leslie went out there. They went out there. We left uh, actually. The, they played the Browns at the Metrodome on Sunday night. We got out. We we wrote our stories. Went to the airport. Flew there and spent the entire week. Came back the next Monday. Uh, Zimmer. I think we went in on Thursday. But, um, you know, when you, in 2013, it was like asking, you know, Jared Allen, obviously a uh, superstar and you know the, the, the Vikings are popular over there, I guess, you know, probably more so than some teams. Why is that? Um, I have no idea. I know mm-hmm. I, you know, I know, the, I know the Packers going there is going to be a big deal for the people who in London who like it. But, you know, Jared Allen was asked about, you know, <laughs> would you ever like to play for a team in London? And I just love the fact that he didn't have the filter. And he said, "Hell no, because I don't, I don't want to live over here. I want to, I, you know, I, I like the United States. You know, I, you know, I, I like that lifestyle. I don't want to be flying. Plus, I don't want to like, you know, to to play like games in the U.S. You'd either have to fly constantly, fly back and forth, which is, which is brutal. It's a, you know, I can't, I, I didn't like it just as a person that has to, that didn't have to play an NFL game that." But so you either do that on a kind of a an NFL like basis where you're like going every three weeks or two weeks or whatever it is, or you gotta go somewhere for a month and play the teams in LA and Arizona and you know, and that that's no way to live. Um, so they're never gonna find Mark,
0: Mark, they complain about flying from the west coast to the east coast for a game and the time difference and I mean you know, imagine doing that how many times for to fly across the pond. Give me a break, it's just silly. You're never gonna. You're
1: never going to find anybody that wants to play, wants to play in London. So right. uh, that, that you know, help you and I would, I'd love to sign up for the NFL and play in London and, you know, take that one hit and Hey, where, where's my pension? I'm out of here. Um, so, but to get the Jared Allen's of the world, uh, no. Uh, but yeah, you know, see, so it's a long days, kind of uh, fun days, but long days. So Chip Scoggins and I were coming up to our first uh, bus ride, first coach ride. And we're we all got kind of head down, kind of looking at your phone and not really paying attention, waiting for the bus driver. And we're standing on the as you're as you're looking at the bus, the right side, you know, where the where the door should be, you know. So we're standing there. The guy comes in, he looks out the window and he goes, uh, other side, guys. And so we kind of looked up. Oh, OK. So we go over and we get in the other side um, when you're and when you're over there. Uh, there's enough American, there's enough uh, uh, Americans over there that when you go come up to a, uh, a crosswalk, because everything there is so much smaller. I mean, it's just the roads are smaller, the cars are smaller, everything. So you come up to a walkway, and they have it written, you know, where you're normally used to looking whenever you're crossing the street here. They have a sign that says, pointing this way, look the other way, because people will come off the curb and, wow, you know, because. You're so close to the roads, and the roads are, and they're, they're just flying around like crazy. They, uh, you know, you can get run over very easily because until you experience it, you know, you're, you're looking the wrong way. You're, you're used to looking like this. They're coming this way, you know, and you're like, <laughs> so it is kind of, it's a strange uh, situation. The other thing I didn't like, everything's over there is like seven ounce, like Diet Cokes or seven ounce cans. Come on. They haven't discovered the big gulp over there.
0: Yeah, show the, them what you're drinking. Yeah, there you go. Big goal.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, oh, and then another one—a well, funny story that uh, Dennis Ryan—he's been the equipment manager for since 19 uh, came in under Stubby Eason. There's only been two equipment. There's only been two equipment managers in the Vikings' history, and they started in 1961. Mm-hmm. Stubby Eason and uh, and Dennis Ryan. So Dennis Ryan. Uh, the logistics that go into the trip to to London is off the charts of what all the stuff they have to work out. So, and there's a language barrier. That's uh, you know, we all we both speak English, but there's different words for different things. And they were talking about how um, you know they Dennis and Ryan telling this story about how the Vikings. This was back when they went, I think, in '89 for a preseason game. So this is like when they're just starting to do this stuff. So they said we need to get our coaches up in the press box and they, and the, all the the Brits all looked at him and like what they're like yeah the coaches need to be up in the press box up up you know high by the press box so that and, and they and and so they're going uh, you know, the, the, the Brits are talking like you know well uh, i guess we can get a crane we could like maybe get a couple of cranes they thought that the vikings wanted their buses up pull, you know pulled up at the top of the stadium so they could be in the by the press box and they said, no, no, that's, you know, our, our uh, you know, our coaches, the human beings that coach the team, not the oh, buses.
0: Coaches. I see. Okay. So, so there's a little bit of a language barrier there. Um, and they're trying to do so everything they can. We'll, we'll just lift those buses right up on top of the stadium for you. Whatever I mean, yeah,
1: this is how desperate they were, I guess, to to please the NFL. They were going to actually try and find cranes to get the, the buses up uh, up into, uh, to you know, and then of course they're looking at the guy, at the NFL guys like uh, the Vikings and saying, "What are you guys nuts?" You know, uh, so that was kind of early on. And then, um, yeah, if you ever go there, the, the the best museum, the best museum in the history of the world, I think, has to be Churchill's bunker. So you know, this is the bunker that's kept preserved from where Churchill was in this bunker and his people uh, fighting World War II, as the city is getting bombed, you know to oblivion and uh, I toured it and um, thought of a story that their chef you know the Viking chef Gigi was telling a story about all the logistics and the, the heartache that it is to get like a team over there and feed the players you know for a week you know you got to feed them the right foods you have to like you know make sure they have their nutrition and you know, heading into the game and, and she had told a story about how much um, the first time they went They needed like something, but they didn't have it. And then she said, "You know, this time we're shipping over. We're making sure we have like X number of pounds of bisquick for the for their pancakes. You know, we got to have enough bisquicks to fit to feed 300 pounders. You know, 53 of them or whatever it is." And I was touring this bunker, and I looked in where Churchill was fighting World War II, and I said, "You know, I wonder if if Churchill had enough bisquicks down here to." To get him through World War Two, because the NFL needed enough Bisquick to get through a week to feed their players so they could play a game. So I just, I was a little concerned about Winston, whether he had his big Bisquicks.
0: They had spam. They were good. Uh You know, you mentioned uh, the, the Packers, and they're going for their first game over there this year. And I'm glad it's not a home game. I'm glad it is a home game for them. So they lose one, one of their distinct advantages up in, in Lambeau field. But Tell me, what? Why the heck have they not been? It's like six, seven, eight years that we've been doing this, and and mm-hmm. and they have never played a game over there before. Why is that? I mean, every other team has has gone over there. Are they, are they so special that that uh, you know? I, I never, I've never understood that. Why the Packers? Because they've had opportunities mm-hmm. and they turn them down. What? What's the deal? Well, tip,
1: like? you know, typically it's the team that. Um, I don't know. It's a team that's usually struggling with a stadium like like the, the Jaguars could should be called the Jacksonville slash London Jaguars. They play over there. They willingly give up home games because the Jacksonville market has never going back to 1996 has never supported that team that's the I right think. way. So, you know, they, they willingly give up home games. Uh, the Vikings in 2013, when they're you know, they're knocking on the, everyone's door saying, hey, we need a new stadium We need a new stadium. Um, so they gave up a home game, uh, the Metrodome, uh, when they went the second time, that was the Browns home game. I don't know what the angle was on the Browns. Um, you know, they, of course our stadium's getting old now. It's, you know, it was 1995, but, um, you know, the Packers, uh, typically, you know, typically it is that the team that gives up the home game is the one that's, you know, the Packers obviously don't have any problems with their, Right. stadium, their home crowd, you know, getting enough people to fill, you know, they're always full, things like that. You know, Cleveland was probably, you know, attendance wise, struggling even, even for Cleveland as good, a great, a a sports town or Brownstown as it is, you know, I'm sure that that factored in. Uh, Now, now the Packers, now that they have an, it's an extra, you know, they still have eight home games. They get nine this year because of the NFC gets the extra home game. So, that played, that probably is why they're doing it. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, that's probably, that's good for the NFL. It's uh, as you said, it's probably, it's maybe good for the, you know, the Vikings, but it's going to be a pro Packers crowd or like when the Vikings went, um, it, it, when they played the Steelers in 13, you know, I, I really don't think they favor either side. Of course they were, there were two 0 and three teams playing. I don't know if that mattered. Uh, When they went in 17, uh, the Browns should have won that game. They fumbled a punt. Uh, The Vikings were on, you know, the Vikings made a bunch of mistakes, fell behind early. Uh, The Browns were on their way to winning a game, and uh, they they fumbled a punt and turned everything around. Uh, But that was a home game, but maybe probably more Vikings. I mean, uh, by home team, they get their colors and they get the music that goes with uh, the home team, but... Generally, the two I've seen and the ones I've watched on TV are like – it's like every every fans of every team is there are there and they're just there to, to drink and uh, just screw around. They're yeah, not they're really they're, there to support a team,
0: I don't think. Packers like could the be a different They shouldn't like the Vikings so much after what they did when they came over way back when the Vikings first started coming to their shores and killing and marauding and pillaging and that kind of thing. Uh Jim
1: Marshall did that too?
0: Yes, yes, he did. Okay, on that uh, uh, bad historical note, we will uh, uh, take a break, and we'll be back with one more segment of Vikings Territory Breakdown. Welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, here's the, the burning question everybody wants to know, and that's where to draft the Vikings this year in fantasy football. People are starting to think about it already. We're getting those, you know, training camp is what, uh, about a month away, kind uh, of less than that. It's three weeks away. Yeah. Right? And, and it's coming. And so people are already working on their fantasy football stuff because, you know, you as well as anybody else knows that's what runs the league, baby, fantasy football and betting and gambling and all such like that. So, um, I just wanted to know what you thought were some of these play- I know you're not a big fantasy guy. You, you, uh, cover the real thing so but where do you think the vikings position players of of note that 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 would be drafted where do you think they're going to go this year what you know i'll just run down the list you know we'll start with the biggie kirk cousins where how do you think uh you know he we talked about where he was ranked last week on this podcast and we, we came up with about you know somewhere around 10 11 12 but uh so where do you think he'll be drafted fantasy wise it's not always correlate the same way
1: Oh, yeah not not all you know most of the time um, you know uh, I have enough trouble with reality let alone fantasy um, I haven't played I haven't played fantasy anything since about 1997 when I was in a fantasy back when you used to do baseball and you, you had to get USA today on Tuesday and figure out your stats. I had the commissioner call me at at two in the morning and because I had a player that on my roster that was injured and another guy behind me had a player on his roster was injured. He wanted to know who I wanted at two in the morning because the guy behind me wanted to make a pick, and I retired from fantasy anything at that point. I said, <laughs> you, "I can, you can." I said, "I am out." Click. Um, but
0: wow, that Kirk, is an attentive commissioner telling you that you have an injured player and you got to replace him. Oh, my well, God.
1: because the guy behind me at, at, one, at two o'clock in the morning wanted to make a move, and the commissioner is like, "You got to make a move." He couldn't wait till uh, you know till. Till the uh, Wall Street bell rang the next morning, or whatever. But uh, Kirk, Kirk, to me, I don't, I don't know if fantasy, um, you know, if, if po- you get points taken away for interceptions, you do. You Mostly. okay. Yep. And Kirk to me is a ooh, top six, top five. Well, I don't know, because you get rushing stats too, right? So like a yep. Uh, yep. You get I would he, let's put it this way: he was a tweener, top ten for me in reality football. In uh, in fantasy football, given the fact that interceptions get you get counted off, Kirk Cousins is a surefire lock, top ten. I don't know where he falls in that top ten, but he'd be a surefire lock because too much of Kirk's time is spent. Uh, you know, and I pre- you gotta appreciate that he protects the football, but he protects it to a point where he's afraid to make play. Yeah. I feel a lot of people feel. It's not Jay Gruden feels that way. Uh Mike Zimmer feels that way. Um, you know, people that have been fired uh, trying to to get this the year out of Kirk or the the wins out of Kirk that uh that people keep expecting out of it. Um so I would say he's gonna throw you a lot of touchdowns, he's gonna throw you very few interceptions. Um I I look back at Christian Ponder. Everybody wanted Christian Ponder to throw for 300 yards. He threw for 300 yards at Washington one time, and they they got destroyed because he they he threw a bunch of interceptions, a pick six. But his fantasy, his fantasy numbers were off the chart, you know. So it was like, fantasy, yes, Kirk top ten, no question.
0: You know, it's interesting. I, I I'm not going to quite agree with you because you know Kirk has not been a top ten quarterback, fantasy wise you know for forever certainly not with the vikings that could change a little bit this year cuz as jj jefferson no, noted it's now no longer a run first team it's a pass first team so he'll have more opportunities but kirk rarely puts up the 3 to 400 yard game with three or four touchdown passes that can really make a break a week for you so he is he's a great pick for a second quarterback i think he has been because he's solid and he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions that penalize you and if your your main guy is injured, you can you can throw him in there for a week. But um, if he's top ten, that that would really be interesting. Uh, it, it could be it could happen. It might be the year to try it because they are going to run the or pass the ball more, and they do have what they have more protection for him. So so may, maybe I still got him around fifteen. But uh, you know I may have to rethink that after uh, listening but, to you talk. Well, you yeah,
1: know, but I I'm I'm so unfamiliar with this way of thinking that. Uh,
0: I know, that's you know, when I'm you're here, so just embarrassed the hell out of you.
1: So, so, so uh, you know, to me, um, you have to factor in is the defense, if the defense is going to be good, that makes you not want to take him as much because he's not playing catch up. He's not, yeah. you know, to me, you want it, you want, you want a guy that's got, got a crappy defense, right? So, uh, if you think the defense is going to be good, you got to factor that in. Um, uh, to me, you know, Dalvin Cook. In order for Kirk to be good in reality football, Dalvin Cook has got to be, has got to be a good. It's got Dalvin Cook has to get his numbers in order for Kirk to get enough numbers to win. But I guess
0: this year he's not going to. Cook is supposedly going to get less, according to Jefferson. Uh, you know, uh, Cook has been a, a top five to ten, top five to ten uh, running back picked in the leagues last year. I would pick him high just because I'm a homer, but. uh, uh, that's got to go down a little bit, I think, because I don't.
1: I don't think so. I, to me, for Jefferson to for jeff for this especially this offensive line, for Jefferson to get all his looks and everything, Cook mm-hmm. has to play well. If they're one dimensional, Kirk's going to be going down. Um, they're not. If they can't run the ball, and, uh, sorry to sound like the guy in Kentucky at his ranch, but um, if they don't run the ball, if there's not balance. They they don't have the offensive line or the quarterback to stand back there and just throw the ball fifty times.
0: And it's and not
1: gonna work.
0: KOC is is subscribes to that theory. He he subscribes to that idea that you still got to run the ball. <clears throat> Certainly not as much as Zimmer, but he has come out and said but, that, that I, I, we'll
1: see if we'll see if it's as much as Zimmer.
0: I think you know I, I uh, just don't think it will be. I, I don't think Cook will get the same amount of attempts that he's had in the past. Maybe well, maybe he'll be healthy. Then for for in games, right. you know, uh, it'll
1: come in different ways. It'll come in. It'll come more passing and stuff like that.
0: You know, the interesting thing is, where, where are you gonna? Where are you gonna put uh, Thielen and Jefferson, or Jefferson and Thielen? I mean, uh, everybody and their brother thinks uh, Justin Jefferson is the, you know, the top three receivers in the league. I I'm not quite there to say that. I think he's great. I think he's gonna have a great career. I think his numbers have been so well. But I think part of that the reason is of having Thielen, someone who, who who commands so much attention from the defense and you know you factor in irv smith coming back this year and he's going to get some some um, some balls uh if you've, you've got a, maybe a more balanced offense i don't know that uh jefferson is you know he's certainly top five you got to, you got to put him in that category but uh people are uh people are gonna take him right out of the gate I think just because he's you know they there's some people that rank him as the number one in the league I don't know what do you think on Justin well I, I, you
1: know again I'm coming at it from a an unfamiliar uh angle fantasy wise but I would certainly put him top three um I, you know I'd looked at this and I thought Devontae Adams uh you know my feeling if I'm looking at fantasy I change my opinion on Devonte Adams because he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers um, Devontae Adams has Derek Carr, who I would not take over Kirk Cousins. I think he's he's a version of Kirk Cousins, and and I wouldn't, you know, I I would take Kirk over him. So I know that different people rate rank him above Kirk. I I wouldn't. Um, so you know, but I think that you know, Jefferson is the kind of last year he had 108 catches and 1600 yards, 10 touchdowns. You know, that's you know this guy's I don't think gonna go backwards. He's not going to go backwards. I don't think he's going back to like, you know, have a year where he has 70 catches and, you know, 800 yards and two touchdowns. I you know, He's a superstar. He's, yep. he's gonna, he's gonna be that way. He's going to keep getting better and better and better. You know, uh, so yeah, top three for him. Uh, so um, you said top five. So what, where do you have feeling?
0: Um, what did I write down? Oh God. My goodness. I, I have, you know, for years I've picked up Thielen uh, late and he's just done great for me because nobody really thought about him. You know, he's an undrafted guy. He's a Mankato guy. So he's definitely a homer, as I remember, Mankato. And uh, I, you know, and he's produced. I mean, he's one of the top three, you know, red zone guys in the league in the, in the past couple of years, you know, quietly doing that. Um I look at what I wrote down now, and I think I'm I'm a little bit off aw- I'm a little bit low. I have him in the top twenty. I, I almost got to say fifteen, but you know he, he's not the number one. So, you know, when your second receiver you're going through, he's going to be going down there a little bit, depending on how many teams. So, I'm, I guess ten to twenty somewhere in there is pr- to be safe. But uh, you know, I, I think he's got. He says he's in the best. Shape of his life, or as, as they all say, and uh, Jefferson says it's gonna they're gonna pass the ball more, so Jefferson's gonna get a lot of defensive uh, coverage, and it's, uh, it's gonna be more opportunities for him. I don't know, you know, fifteen to twenty.
1: What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, somewhere in that ballpark, but uh, you know, Thielen's a little little scary. He's well, he's fascinating to look at because you know, obviously, he's, he's what thirty-two now, or he's turning yeah. thirty-two or thirty-three, whatever it is. He has not played a full season uh, since 2018. So you're looking at uh, 19, 20, 20, you're looking at three years. 2018, when he was on, you know, 17, he was second-team All-Pro, had uh, 14 touchdowns, uh, you know, they made the playoffs. Uh, next year, he comes back with 113 catches, 1,373 yards, nine touchdowns. Since then, since, you know, with, you know, hamstring, ankle, all these nagging injuries, he had 30 catches, 74, 67. Um, didn't pass 925 yards in three years. But what he did the last two years was have 14 touchdowns and 10 touchdowns. Um, bad. So, from a fantasy standpoint with the red zone, I take him over guys that have similar yardage because um, just because he, he finds that way in, in the red zone, he's a, he's a target. And also,
0: he's got great hands. I'm not.
1: Yeah, yeah, great hands. And also I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced that he doesn't. I'm not saying he's gonna be uh Cooper Cup and 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 have the triple crown of receiving, but who's to say that he's not more of the Cooper Cup receiver that that uh, comes out of this offense than Jefferson? Yeah, it's not assumed that I mean Jefferson's gonna get the attention, he's gonna get more attention. And Thielen is and someone's gotta pay attention to Irv Smith now. So it's not just kind of like two guys. Um, well, and KJ Osborne was good, but probably in more limited scenarios. Um, so
0: Smith, as a result. So
1: you know, Thielen's is not a. It's Thielen's a guy that I would uh, weigh heavily. You know, in that certainly in that range you're talking about, just because of the touchdowns and the fact that we don't know, we don't know who's going to be that. Uh, if it's assumed that John, Justin Jefferson's that guy, there's defensive coordinators are out there that are going to be. You know, they're worried probably more about him than than Thielen. And that's a, you know, that's a good thing. And then the, the, even though the Vikings, you know, the stupid regime that that that's left now, they didn't, you know, they were they were they weren't smart enough to chew gum, walk at the same time. They they were doing things with those two guys that was pretty intriguing, lining up together and spread, you know, doing some things with them. So the offensive geniuses of the world that are now have overtaken TCO. <laughs> that are going to cure all the ills. They're going to be able to do a lot more, I would assume, with those two guys than what uh, the dumbbells did that left.
0: What? Uh, 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 where? Where does uh, Irv Smith get his catches from? Are we going to be taking seeing less of KJ Osborne and more of Irv Smith. I got him. I got him. Well, last year I took him as my second tight end behind Mark Andrews from uh, from. Uh, uh, um, the Ravens who I take every year and he always does well for me because uh, he's just not, Yeah, he's, he's, their, he's their number one receiver out there. I thought I got a steal with Irv Smith until he went down the first, uh, <laughs> last preseason game and, and lost him for the year. And he's still got to prove he can come off and do that. But I think he's going to get more, Looks, I mean, and KJ is not going to get on the field as much. I don't think you're going to. They're going to pass the ball to uh, Irv a bit. So I got him as one of the top ten tight ends going up. Might be a little high because he hasn't proven it yet. But uh, maybe I'll sneak. Yeah,
1: in. yeah. I mean, uh, he, you know, he's a guy that's just. Um, we talked so much about potential. You know, he's only played two years. He got hurt. You and by the way, you had a you had a steal. You had the steal of the draft until he didn't play any games for you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, um, I
0: did, but we sure don't,
1: did. it's like it's um, it's it's all potential, look, and they're, they're Conklin, our,
0: yeah. Conklin got all his points, and it would yeah. have been more for Irv Smith. I had the steal, settle down,
1: yeah. So, uh, and they lost Conklin because he got a little more attention and got some more okay. catches. Uh, Conk, if Irv Smith uh, had stayed and had his numbers, Conklin's numbers would have been more restrained, and he wouldn't have got the, the big money,
0: right?
1: Um, uh, but. Here. Yeah. I just don't know. know, I got to see it on Irv Smith now because I've heard it. It seems like forever and he's probably still only 23 years old, but you know, we've heard, we heard it last year. He got hurt. Um, you know, he's outside of the Kyle, you know, Kyle Rudolph feels like he's been gone forever, but it's been only been two years and his last year under Rudolph, he had 30 catches, five touchdowns, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I would certainly think that he doubles his, I think he had like 370 yards or something like that. Um, I think he doubles his catches. You know, he's up in that 50-60 range. Uh, probably he's doubles. He's, he's pushing 800, 900 yards. I don't know that he's going to be a, much more than a five-touchdown guy, though. I, I, you know, the touchdowns, you know, it would be great if he scored you know, 100 touchdowns and everyone gets 25, but um, yeah. don't, I don't see that happening. He's a guy that, I mean, there's so many tight ends out there that, that are so productive that – Right. I don't. I don't know where I put him. I. I. would be a little reserved on him. I uh, certainly, yeah, if you get to, if you, if you're football. getting down, right. If you're getting down to where all the big names, you know, the, the obvious guys are gone, and you're weighing, you know, that second wave, or you know, certainly he'd be a guy like, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to be like Joe Oberly in 2021, and I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to get the steal of the draft.
0: Yeah, just so he stays healthy. I had another. point.
1: Oh, your timeouts are over.
0: That's right. A um, couple more quickies. Uh, Greg Joseph, I got in the top twenty. No big deal there. He'll score some points, and I think he'll be solid. But my my uh, bold choice is that the Vikings defense is going to be top ten, baby. Going to get got those young guys that you know can't can't. You got uh, you've got Lewisine who likes to mix it up. He's gonna he's gonna have how many pick sixes? You know, Harrison Smith's gonna teach him how to do that. And it's it's gonna be uh gonna be a much improved defense. I'll bet you they're gonna sneak into the top ten by the end of the year. If so they stay healthy. That's my three. Right. That's my third. All right,
1: you're out. You're out. Um I mean, is, is it based on just points allowed or or or, or scoring points or allowed,
0: what? uh points allowed, yardage allowed, uh turnovers and sacks. They're gonna get a lot of sacks this year from Daniel and and Zadarius Smith. So um, interceptions count as points. And then, you know, if they score, and, you know, they get the, it's de- defense and special teams. So they get points if they return kicks. But I don't know. That oh, yeah. You know,
1: I, you know, I would, I would take them. I, I would, I would be high on them, I guess. Cause, uh, you know, certainly the special teams with uh, Kene uh, having two touchdowns last year, uh, like him. Um, this is a defense that, is more turnover. It, it's more of a risk reward defense than, than Zimmer played. So you probably might be getting, you know, if it's the, if it becomes the Vic Fangio defense of the bears in 18, you're going to see a lot of turnovers, you know, and I think they have guys that are um, certainly Harrison Smith. If you turn him loose a little, give him a little more like uh, risk reward leeway, you know, he's probably yeah. going to come up with more than he had before. Um, uh, this is number two for me. If the outside linebackers stay healthy, um, you're going to get some sacks. If they go down, you're not going to get many sacks. All, all everything we're talking about is going to be over. Yeah. So, now the one thing I, I'm going to throw my challenge flag here because I, you know, we have <laughs> no one's throwing a challenge flag. I do have one timeout left.
0: Yes, you do. I'm going to
1: ask you. Uh, I thought you were an old school guy, but you showed your modern uh, mentality when you talked about fantasy football. And you didn't ask where like Dalvin Cook would go.
0: Well, you know, Come I, I we, we we did kind of uh, touch on him. I just said you know he was going to get less. I said he was. I did say earlier that he was he's top five in the past. I said I'm dropping him down to top ten because uh, you know they're going to pass more and he's going to get less opportunities. So I did mention it.
1: So right. if so you, so you go to
0: the booth and you replay it, you'll see that I did.
1: I'm going to double down on this and say that not only will he be top five, he'll be top three. Wow. Because I think in order for this offense to do all the things that people want in order for Justin Jefferson to be the superstar and everything, Dalvin cook is got to be equally or better and more as productive. I think he'll be more involved in the passing game. I think, that's um, a good point. Fat, that's a good I point. think the fact, the fact that, um, you have Madison, you have Noongo, and you have Ty Chandler. I think they're going to be a. Uh, he's gonna. He's not going to get as many touches, which is going to be a good thing, fantasy wise. He's going to be uh, with 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 less of a workload. I think he ends up being more like that. I keep always talk about that Cowboys game in twenty twenty or no twenty nineteen or wherever it was down there. He was at the peak of his. Um, health, and a couple of weeks later is when he got dinged up and he kind of disappeared for a while. I think that uh, you know when he's like that, there's no one better in the game at what he does, and it's just a matter of. And I'll take my third time out since I won that last you can't. challenge.
0: You're, you just lost your challenge. No,
1: I. Mentioned. No, I, I. Well, but I, you didn't. We didn't like. We didn't like present him as a little subhead, Dalvin oh, Cook. You okay. mentioned. You mentioned him while talking about Kirk Cousins, or we'll let Jefferson. Mike
0: in the background figure that out. He's, he's so never- my yeah. last, yeah.
1: So my last one will be if healthy, he's a. I'll put him top three.
0: Well, that's going to cost you 15 yards because that's four penalty. That's four that you've taken. So anyway, that you know that's a good point. I, I have one more fantasy question for you before we go. Uh, who wins in a boxing match between Adrian Peterson and LeVon Bell? I mean, if that isn't fantasy. Football. I don't know what is what, what, what in holy Howard Cosell heck is going on here? I mean, uh, Adrian Peterson and Levon Bell gonna duke it out. That's news to me, Joe. It's it's July, it's first week
1: of July, so they're gonna fight, huh? That's
0: what they're talking about, you know. That's what they're talking about. I, you know, I I haven't uh, seen it. A date or time settled down, but or sat down, but they're they're uh, they're throwing it around there, and it's just hilarious to think about. I mean, Adrian Peterson's got he's got muscles he's got to use, I guess, because you know he, he, apparently he's not on a team this year, so he wants to get in the boxing ring. So,
1: yes, I feel that um, it is finally over for Adrian. I don't know if Adrian will ever accept that. Uh, okay. Even Brett Far, even when Brett Favre, I think when he hit fifty, realized that it was over. Um, <laughs> The fact that he, when he went – I mean, the, the tailor-made situation for Adrian to extend his, his career with Tennessee last year, it was the throwback uh, offense replacing the Derrick Henry, who has zero impact in the passing game, straight ahead behind a great line, and, and it didn't work for him. That was uh, kind of the end, I think. But uh, So, yeah, well, I'll take Adrian. I mean, I, you know, I, I – <laughs> I've never. I didn't. I. I I learned not to doubt him as a football player. So um, I'm at the outset of his uh, his his boxing career. I'll take him Uh, and maybe uh, Ray Edwards. I remember their former defensive end. He had a boxing matchup in Blaine or somewhere. I don't know if Ray's still boxing.
0: Maybe Adrian and Ray could box. There you go. Yeah, the thing that amazes me with CT out there. Why would you want to get pummeled in the head after you got out of your career with your brain intact? You know, why would you even want to do more to it? So. Maybe there's a connection Money,
1: money attention.
0: Uh, and and uh, CTD already starting. I, mean, I shouldn't be making jokes about that. But, yeah, you know, come no, on. No, no. Know. But, but
1: I'm thinking, you know, that uh, I, I don't know Adrian's financial situation. But when you're um, – some of the stories you hear about Adrian and money and stuff like that, yeah. and then you see, you see a man riding – let's see. Camels on your birthday, riding in on a camel on your birthday has to be expensive. So if that's a sign of of, the, of your spending habits, if riding a camel into a party uh, for your birthdays is, is a sign of your spending habits, you're probably spending too much.
0: That's, that's a good point to leave it on. Although I do want to, uh, for the future, I like that uh, throwing the challenge flag. So we're going to have to institute the challenge flag. You know, you know, on part of the interruption they do, what did we get wrong? Well, we'll just throw challenges here at the end of our broadcast and say. There we go. No, you turkey, you got that wrong. So, anyway, thanks, Mark. Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Thanks, Mike Walden, behind the scenes. Thanks, Joe Johnson, for putting us here. And uh, thanks to all you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next year with more of those dog day Dog Day discussions for the, the NFL. Next year? Next, next, year? year. next year? I mean next week. Oh, you should have thrown the challenge flag. I don't know. I will have to look at yeah. that right there. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week on Vikings Territory Podcast. Breakdown podcast, there we go.